Welcome everybody and today on the show I will be speaking with Soleil Atante and we're going to be talking about this idea of feminine leadership and not leadership for women but how all leaders can incorporate these feminine aspects into their leadership. Welcome to Leadership Edge. Searching the corners of modern thought to find the secret spices that make a great inspirational leader. With your host, Trish Everett. So today on the show, I'm talking with Soleil Atante, and she helps women entrepreneurs lead and grow in the paradigm of feminine leadership. As a former CEO and a skilled transformational healer, Soleil brings a potent blend of strategy and intuition to her work. And here we are. So welcome. Welcome to this, this show, Soleil. I'm so, so excited to have you here today. And um, yeah, I am uh, just can't wait to see where we go. So welcome. And firstly, I'd love to ask for how you see leadership and especially this idea of modern day leadership. Hi, Therese. Thank you for having me on your show. I love topic of leadership. Um, I think uh, people understand it differently, and I wanted to share my own understanding of it. Uh, so I think the most important part of leadership is this trailblazing, you know, being the pioneer, being the first one to move in a certain direction. And I think what we we don't talk about much is that this direction, because oftentimes people talk about leaders as someone showing the way to others, right? But how this person uh, knows where to show, you know, the way. <laughs> so I think the most important part of this trailblazing leader leadership is having the vision. Having the vision or maybe some new understanding of something coming from their values, their experience, their soul, something they want to openly talk about, something they are open to share with everyone. But I would a little bit disagree with the showing the way for others. I think the modern day leadership is more about inspiring others to take the lead on their own. Beautiful. So I think, yeah, it's not about showing the way and moving all the people or, you know, crowds to your own direction. It's a bit of this, you know, egoistic, maybe old patriarchic style of leadership. Because it doesn't accept the fact that everyone on their own have their own vision. So I think the modern day leadership is more about inspiring with your own example and helping other people awaken the leader in them. Even when you're working in a team and you're leading a team, I think the modern day leadership is more about helping others inspiring others in your team to take the lead in their own way, in their own field, in their own expertise. Yeah, yeah. it's more it's more about orchestrating, you know, like, you know, the orchestra in opera. You are not having just, you know, simple uh, musicians in your orchestra 
All of them are genius on their own. All of them are superstars on their own. It's more about coming together and doing, you know, this beautiful thing together. <laughs> Still being a superstar, each on their own. <laughs> yeah, so an orchestra of superstars. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So I, I love all of that. So the, this idea of leaders being trailblazers and and really leading in a new direction and that it's not so much about um, showing others the way. It's about having an, a vision and, and inspiring others to want to be part of that vision and and not showing others what to do but more enabling others to be their own leaders and bring their visions to be part of this grand orchestra that's being created. Yes, you said it beautifully. Oh, yeah, I, I think, yeah. Summarize <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think the most beautiful part is this being the leader in awakening other uh, uh, leaders in other people. Mm. I love that. So well, sometimes it's only by your example. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, this this enabling, awakening leaders with empowering, empowering. Yeah, these are all really exciting words. So yeah. yeah, so the the new sort of this modern day new way of leadership isn't about one leader standing out with a whole lot of minions following them. It's about building teams where leadership is a fluid thing and lots of people get to shine in their own geniuses with their own visions. And the job of a leader today is awaken those abilities for people to lead within their team. Yes, absolutely. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> so the other thing that um, you talk a lot about is this idea of feminine leadership and that's not just about females leading is it so can you tell us what what is feminine leadership okay can I share how did I come to this absolutely <clears throat> yeah. please <laughs> uh, in my past experience in corporate I used to be a CFO of the local unit in multinational corporation and of course we studied a lot about leadership a uh, company was developing leadership skills for their C-level executives and some managers. And we talked a lot about leadership capabilities. What are these capabilities that leader has to develop to lead, to be successful, to be a successful leader? Of course, it was coming from the point of view of the corporation of getting results with the team through your team. And what skills do you need to have to be successful in this job, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what was interesting to me, that leadership is a set of skills, actually. Yes, and there are certain layers of leadership skills. Like, first layer is certain skills to be successful expert yourself. And second layer is uh, skills of working with people, with team, developing people, and achieving results with your team. And the third layer is uh, the skills that allow you to lead bigger organizations, being a more senior leader, right? Making bigger decisions for bigger companies. And back then, what I realized is that 
yeah, it's a whole bunch of skills developed by um, scientists, called Lominger uh, capabilities. But what they didn't talk about is that women and men are actually different. And both men and women have feminine energy and masculine energy, right? And what do they didn't talk about is how women can be different style leaders than men. This is what I first thought about it because I realized that actually men use different style in leaders. They focus on different skills when they are corporate leaders. And women tend to focus on other set of skills, still achieving results, still being successful leaders. And then I realized that these skills are different actually for masculine energy and for feminine energy. And it's based on the feminine uh, nature or masculine nature. Mm-hmm. Yes. For example, masculine, uh, typical masculine energy based self leadership capability is having a drive for results. Yes. And being action oriented. This is masculine energy expression of uh, self-leadership. What what would be then the feminine quality-based leadership capability? It's everything based around receptivity, right? The receptivity of feminine energy. And it's listening. I think it's a very interesting topic because a lot of people, especially ambitious, action-oriented people, are not good listeners. <laughs> Uh, and women are naturally are good listeners. And scientists proved that when women listen, they listen with both right and left brain. When men listen, they listen more with their left brain. It means they analyze what you're saying at the same time. Uh, and women can, by listening with their right brain, they can get more cues like emotion, coming, uh, you know, in the background, how you feel while you're saying this, or maybe your real reasons, even though you're speaking about something, you can hear the real reason behind what you're saying, yes? When you're listening with both your brains, left and right. Yeah, so by listening with left and right brains, we're able to understand that the emotions that are going on yeah. behind it, and and with that, um, I guess we're able to listen with a degree of empathy because we're able to yeah. start to understand the 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 everything that goes behind the words that we're hearing. Whereas if we're only listening with our left brain, then we're listening more in an analytical, um, very based on what words are being said and yeah. deconstructing that to some kind of analytical framework that we we mm-hmm. understand our world through that's in our left brain. Okay, so there's so so then if we've got like an feminine style of leadership is you know having this listening that uses left and right brain having receptivity to be able to understand and pull information in and then on the masculine side of leadership we have that results and um that driven energy and the get things done side of it so it sounds like they're a beautiful complement that they would go really well together yeah wonderful 
Yeah. And actually, I'm not talking about men and women separately. Mm. It's how I started seeing the difference. But actually, men also have feminine energy and women also have masculine energy, right? So I I love talking about the balance that every actually accomplished leader needs to develop both sides. Because it's incomplete to be just, you know, pushing forward assertive type of leader. It's now how you connect with people. Yes. And if you want to influence, empower, inspire, it's not through pushing, for being only result-oriented, right? You need to connect with people emotionally. And then these qualities of, you know, feminine energy come forward. Yes, the empathy, the compassion, understanding others. Also, it takes receptivity to have... Um, uh, you know, being able to understand people's strengths, yes, to empower them, to awaken them. Mm-hmm. It takes a receptivity quality to be able to see what is the strength of this person and then recognize it, acknowledge it, and help awaken it. Beautiful. <laughs> so, so when you're talking about feminine leadership, it's it's not that you're speaking about how women should be leaders. It's about bringing those qualities of leadership into any male or woman, any man or woman who is a leader, that they can bring both of them together and get balance from them so that they can have both that drive and that, which is more the traditional style of leadership, that results orientated drive, but it's also partnered with that um, more receptive, more listening, more pulling information back from, so that it, there's this sort of beautiful two-way, two-way street of information that's coming out and going into leadership. Is that, am I understanding yeah. that right? Yes, because if you work with people and leading people in a team, for example, you need to be very well skilled in interpersonal relationships. Mm. Yes. The communication. And you can't speak at people and become a successful leader, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's both way communication. Mm. And also there is a skill called managing vision and purpose. It mm. talks about, you know, sharing and communicating your vision the way to inspire other people. You know, maybe some people also have the same vision in their heart. They just couldn't didn't put it into words yet and then you share your vision and they get inspired and they feel that their actually vision they are having in their heart is the same as yours or it resonates more or less in the same wavelength and how do you communicate it so that people connect emotionally to your vision it's a skill right it's this communication skill and you can't do it from purely masculine energy of I'm telling you this, yes, because we were going to get to this result. No, you need to put a lot of heart and um, connecting energy and it's more feminine energy. (laughs) That's why I'm talking about feminine energy leadership. So it's, it doesn't mean neglecting masculine capabilities, but it means that starting from feminine energy capabilities to connect with people, to share your vision, to inspire others, to listen to them, to be 
focus, uh, focused on people. Yes, yeah. on on their um, not only uh, how they move forward or achieve results to evaluate them, but also are they happy? Are they happy doing what they are doing? Are they on the right place, for example, in your team? Mm. Maybe someone is not happy, but it's just because they didn't yet identify their strength area, their genius area. So would you say that that's the third, like if somebody is listening to this and they're thinking, okay, yep, like I feel like I could bring more of that feminine style of leadership into how I lead my team or my my group, what would be the first step of trying to bring that in? Would it be asking that question, like are my team happy? Like how does someone start to start to explore that side of their leadership? <sighs> Very good question. <laughs> so I truly believe that actually to connect emotionally with other people, you need to be really connected to your own emotions. Yes. And to be connected to your own emotions, it's not suppressing them. It's not avoiding them. It's not making this, you know, professional face while you're feeling differently inside. It everything starts from acknowledging your own emotional self, connecting to your own feminine energy, basically. And it's not only acknowledging it, it's also working on it. As an emotional healer, I faced a lot of people with, you know, trauma. Emotions become trauma when we suppress, when we don't press, process it. And when we neglect it, Actually, emotional energy, when it's healthy, is that the big part of your receptivity, the empathy. How do you read other people's emotions, their true personalities, with your emotional self? And if you're neglecting it or suppressing it or not acknowledging it, you are just cutting out entire huge part of yourself that actually can be, you know, a great tool <laughs> yes. Yes. in making uh, good judgment, you know, decisions. Because it's not only analytical, but this right brain side as well, right? Mm, absolutely. Making emotion, reading emotional field with your emotional self. Acknowledging your own emotional reactions and senses to make this decision, for example. Yep. Okay, so so the first step is to um, connect with with ourselves, really. So instead of if we if we want to be able to listen to somebody else, if we want to be able to understand what is the emotional landscape behind what somebody else is saying, to do that we first need to understand what does the emotional landscape look like within ourselves. So it's that process of building emotional intelligence firstly within us so that we can start to recognise what that means outside of us. So, yes. And not only just recognise it, like you were saying, that it's that acknowledgement of these emotions that are going on and and not just pushing them down or pushing them off to the side to like actually really acknowledge them and to 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 hear them i guess yes. so 
So somebody starts doing this, what's the process that, okay, so I'm going to start listening to my emotions. Okay, let's go. What do I do? <laughs> um, I think the most important moment when you acknowledge your emotions is when you are going to make a decision. Uh, it's important to make decisions from the clear, uh, healthy space from your, you know, higher vision point of view, not from your past painful experiences. Mm -hmm. If you, it's again coming back to this trauma based decisions or trauma based communication. When you're going to say something to your people, for example, are you saying it from your vision? from the goal of inspiring people, from the space of sharing your highest and best with people? Or are you just projecting something from your past, some painful experience? Or are you trying to, I don't know, react to some painful experience in the past? Are you feeling hurt with something and then you're trying to react? I think the quality of your leadership comes from this skill of being able to complete and process past painful experiences and make the decisions or, you know, the communication with people more coming from your higher vision and from the clear, higher space of your um True self. Mm, yeah. Not the traumatized part, but, you know, true authentic self who has this beautiful vision. Yes. Yes. So, so when someone's making a decision, they, they come to that decision. And if all of a sudden some emotion that's come up that, you know, because decisions often trigger trauma for us or they yeah. trigger these sort of past experiences with decisions that haven't always been so positive. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. for, for example, maybe um, somebody comes along, they need to make a big decision and it's a big decision. So there's this whole element of fear and stress that's feeding into that decision that's got nothing to do about that decision that's come from past from their past, yeah? So the idea is that they are trying to disengage from that past trauma and make the decision not based on the past but from this higher vision of where yes. where things are going, like this higher road. Okay, so in the moment a manager comes up to that, they realise, okay, I'm about to make this big decision and I know that there's a whole bunch of fear here um, and I want to, I, I'm making a choice. I want to choose to make this from my higher view, but this fear is here. How do they work with that? Um, yeah, I would also, of course, recommend healing the past experiences, mm -hmm. completing and processing them. If you can't do it yourself, ask for help. It also takes leadership to acknowledge that, yes, I have a baggage to work on. And I don't want to spread it and, you know, broadcast it to people. And I don't want it to impact my decisions and my future vision. That's why I'm taking responsibility and asking for help. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people avoid doing. Mm. Yes. 
Uh, but so, when when you are already in the moment and you haven't done that work, but you need to make a decision right now, the best way is to actually visualize yourself in the future in that vision. Get emotionally connected to that beautiful vision you have. And make decision from that future you. Mm. I love that future you. Okay, so, so, so the first step is to get the awareness that there is some emotional stuff that is clouding what's happened, and that you know that is a huge step because these emotions just come up, and if if we're not used to kind of acknowledging and seeing that they're there and 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 sort of disengaging them from what's going on in the present moment, then they just kind of bombard us and we don't really see it. So I guess that that, that first step's a big one of starting to actually acknowledge that there is a emotion there that's coming from some past hurt or trauma that's affecting things. Um, and then the next one is to... Um, and so from there, once you've realised that, it's to take responsibility for it. So it's that, um, and this is also a really tricky step, isn't it? Because it's really easy at that point to want to not take responsibility for it and yeah. push the blame for that emotion coming up onto your team, onto your spouse, onto, you know, onto your family, onto your mum, onto your dad. You know, like it's really easy to not own that so yeah. yeah another huge big step here is to then take responsibility for that and then the third step is to you know if if you're in a position to be able to work in that and clear through it or you know start working on that past emotional trauma and getting help with that that's a, a really great step to take and as a as a quick fix, like you, you're making a decision, you realise it's there, you can't go there right now, but to connect to that bigger vision and to connect to the big why and the reason behind everything and really engage in that energy rather than the energy that's happening at the same time that's coming from the trauma will help the decision-making process happen from that higher self place, that future yeah. self as you called it and that's, yeah. that's a wonderful approach, a concept yeah, because to be working with. Your hurt and trauma will take you into circles, mm -hmm. you know. The decision you make from that space will uh, take you back to the same hurt and trauma, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Uh, to leave that, you know, painful circle, traumatic circle, you need to tap into something bigger, something that inspires you um, and to make decisions from that future self. And then you can get there actually to that future vision. And yeah, I love practice of also being uh, doing this regularly, you know, kind of stalking yourself for the moments when you are in the victim position. A leader cannot be a victim. <laughs> Let's begin from this. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> leader is all about responsibility. But sometimes we're so used to blaming, I don't know, people around us, parents in our childhood, I don't know, some high school friends or whatever, that we forget 
uh, to take responsibility. Mm-hmm. And you never know when it can stand in your way, you know, in some important moment. So it's better to take the responsibility and stalk yourself for the parts of your life when you are falling into victimhood. <laughs> Absolutely. So I love that. I love that idea of that it's a con- this isn't it's not like you have a trauma and you go and you deal with it one day and it's gone. It's it's that this is to be a leader, it's like a continuous process of working on our own self, being responsible for ourselves and and all the baggage that we've come with. And by continuing to work on that internally, we become a better leader externally. So it's that that two ways. And then the, the flip side of that is in a journey towards leadership and towards, you know, being a trailblazer in terms of leadership, that path is at the same time one that's going to spur on huge amounts of personal growth in the process. Yeah despite by yeah. what, what what you'll be called to do in order to be able yeah. to inspire people and empower leaders and start to really step up and the very act of taking responsibility you know changes lives like it's a, 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 a oh, sorry, very exciting, very exciting <laughs> idea yeah you need to grow up <laughs> for that internally grow up emotionally mm. um, you can't stay in uh, a childhood or trauma energy it, it, it will it will not help you because underneath all this trauma underneath all this painful you know hurt emotions there is a resource there is a resource that you need to actually help you manifest your vision mm-hmm. and as a leader to actually share your vision and inspire others you need to embody it in some way. Mm-hmm. You kind of need to become the representation of your vision. Not only advocate, but yourself a representation of it. Yes. Wonderful. It's this whole point of leading with your own example. Mm. So, it's like, <laughs> you know, the leader cannot be the victim. The leader needs to be the representation of the vision. It's the the model, the leading by example, the stepping up, and yeah. and and part of that is to develop the more feminine sides of leadership, the more receptive sides. Part of that is to be continuing to work on our own emotional intelligence and to and to work through any of the emotional baggage or trauma or things that we're carrying around with us that are getting in the way of that, um, and. And the other part that you, yeah, is to not be the victim, to take responsibility. And finally, to really step into that um, representation of the vision. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Okay, so we've just got, um, you know, one minute left. So is there any, like, final parting thoughts that you would like to give us before we need to say goodbye? Um, yeah, so I mentioned about the resources mm. and what I call resources that, that will help you embody your vision is this state of self-confidence, self-worth, self-love and uh, self-expression. 
as expression of your vision and your higher self. These are resourceful states that will help you. And how do you achieve them? It's again by working on yourself, by working on this emotional baggage that is standing in the way of these resources. And don't judge your trauma. Don't judge your past, maybe mistakes. Just take the responsibility. Get inspired with your vision and take every action possible to recover your healthy self-confidence, self-worth, and self-love. Then you'll be able to influence people through emotional connection. Then you will be considered an authentic leader who leads by example, who is a representation of their vision. Yeah, yeah. for example... Uh, for example, if you're a leader and your vision is to work on certain environmental issue, yeah, you need to first practice it yourself. Or even if you are within organization and you are talking about certain end result project that is your vision, you need to embody it as if it's there already. As if you are there in that future. And that way you will connect other people as well to that vision. And then you will kind of use this feminine, feminine pulling energy, not only pushing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to what help. a beautiful point yeah. to end on, <laughs> this, this idea. And I love that picture of the feminine is the pulling and the masculine energy is the pushing. And so all of that, with this, there's so much gold in all of that, but to really um, embody leadership is a practice of both using that pull energy, yeah. bringing in, and the push energy of pushing out. Oh, well, this has been such a delight. Thank you so much for, for joining me on the Leadership Edge today. It's, yeah, absolutely been a delight. And um, Thank you. I enjoyed our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. And um, there'll be more information on Soleil in the show notes. So if you want to get in touch with her and see more about what she's doing, um, jump on and have a look at the show notes so that you can see where you can find her. <laughs>